Hello, beautiful people. I hope you guys have been having a lovely Sunday afternoon, evening or morning, wherever you're tuning in from. This is the Five Head Five Cents Show and I'm your host, Capitano Miner. And today in studio, I am joined by some very amazing people, some very good looking people. I am joined by Ali all the way from Zimbabwe. I'm so proud of myself for saying that, right? And by Kagiri from Kenya. And guys, we're going to have an amazing show and we're going to be talking about sex in an African home. Without further ado, I'm going to let my people in studio introduce themselves. Hey guys, <laughs> I'm Ali from Zimbabwe and I'm really excited to be here first of all. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's not much that's, lot that's interesting about me outside of what we're going to be talking about. No, that sounds so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so can I just say I love being here at ALU and meeting Maggie and becoming a part of the Five Head Five Cents show has been a great experience thus far. As, as for how I'm feeling today, I have a whole lot of submissions that are due, so I'm kind of stressed, but this is this is a good stress reliever. Mm -hmm. So I hand it over to Kagiri. What's up, guys? Yow, yow, aliwao. It's your guy, Kagiri, here. And I'm super excited to be in the show today. Mm -hmm. And uh, about my week, my week has been a typical, you know, tedious ALU week with mm -hmm. the assignments, with the peer meetings and everything. Okay. And, uh, oh, I had something unique, you know, this week. <laughs> Disappointment, uh, you know, with it being the Fool's Day week. Someone, mm -hmm. a friend of mine, <laughs> pranked me. But it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, no problem. And then uh, something else. Wow. Uh, yesterday, I was really disappointed by the match. Arsenal versus Liverpool. Anyway. No, I have something <laughs> to say about that. I don't understand how Arsenal people keep watching these games not expecting to lose. Like, where does that hope come from? Because I need it. How do you go in hoping you're going to win and all you've done is lost? Uh, you know, you guys, <laughs> there's something you'll never understand about Arsenal, yeah? There's, uh -huh. something, there's one thing you'll never understand about Arsenal. Mm -hmm. Because, man, we are the best team. How are you the best not, team not, and not you keep losing? Not only the losing? Premier League, but I feel Arsenal is the best team even worldwide because uh, we are the only team uh -huh. that has the title Invincibles. Do you know what that means? It mm. means there was a season, 2004 season. <laughs> <laughs> 2004 and we then went, 2021. We went the entire season without losing a single game. A whole season. In 2004. <laughs> guys, Arsenal fans who are tuning in, I need you guys to make me understand. Is this the reason you still hold on to hope? Just one time in your life, in 2004, is when you guys didn't lose. And now all you've done is lose, lose for almost 20 years. Like, people have been born, now they're drink. They at a legal age of drinking, and you guys are not winning any matches. <laughs> to be honest, what are you doing? I'm a Liverpool supporter, and I said if we lost to Arsenal yesterday, I'm taking a break from supporting soccer for the whole season. <laughs> That's how bad you guys are. You guys are the best team in your heads. That's about it. <laughs> Oh man, I, I, I'm offended right Guys. now, but it's okay. It's okay. Guys, no we've started the we've started the we've started the show with a fight, but anyway, guys, tell us how you're feeling today. Tell us what you've been, what your week has been like. Are you also an Arsenal supporter? Because honestly, I will never, never understand. We're gonna dive right into today's topic, which is sex in an African home, and. Our first question, we did a few polls on Twitter, on our Twitter page and also our Instagram page. And we were asking, 
have you or you have you whatever it is that you know about sex do you did you learn it from your guardians did you learn it from the internet other sources so that's a question i want to pose to our guests today well um let me start mm-hmm. so everything i know about uh, in kenya we call it packaging <laughs> so everything i know about packaging uh-huh so i think i learned everything maybe not not everything but uh, the greater part of it i mm-hmm. learned uh, from my peers mm-hmm. back in primary school but it was it was <laughs> it was all about misconceptions i may say mm-hmm. like there's this time we we, we we had this guy in our school we used to call him master in mm-hmm. primary school mm-hmm. like uh, every 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 girl in our school was into him and so uh, he was the <laughs> he was the i can say sexual advisor mm-hmm. you know among uh, 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 um, um, among friends mm-hmm. so uh, they see they did this thing he used to tell us that if you do sex using a condom mm-hmm. your penis is going to get small <laughs> so like it was all about misconceptions at that time mm-hmm. and then when i get to i got to high school mm-hmm. i think high school at least in high school people knew better because now in high school at least you have a phone you can google something you can google uh, what is this called mm-hmm. and maybe you've watched at, at that age now you can watch even some explicit content though it's the it, it's a taboo in african homes to watch such content but you know we, we always uh, at that age you always curious yeah, you want to know things and some now some people at that age they've experimented they know now what sex so i think in high school i quite learned a lot and then but i can say also in social media googling mm. uh, i've learned from that but not from my parents not at all nothing <laughs> <laughs> what about you ali Okay, I'm currently dying first of all. When I heard primary mm. school and sexual <laughs> advisors, like what were you guys doing at that age? Oh my gosh, I was still saying you boys are so disgusting <laughs> in grade 7. But uh no, just a short answer is none of my parents taught me anything about sex. Basically, my father sat me down and he was like when I had my first boyfriend, He has a future and so do you. Don't ruin his and you don't ruin hers. That's was that was the talk I got. So I learned everything via social media, cosmopolitan friends, you know, experience. It was never through my parents. Okay. Um and have you guys ever had the conversation about sex uh, with any of your parents or guardians? For you guys? I could say no. Mhm. I have but like like I said earlier my father was just like don't ruin his future and he mustn't ruin yours that was the talk I got from my dad from my sister she she'd literally die if we even bring up that word like she she's like you're my baby sister I don't ever want to hear about that and um from who else like from anyone else that would be a senior person in my family they'd always say if you're doing it which we don't recommend you do use protection because a baby costs $50,000 plus and a condom costs 50 cents that's what they used to tell me okay <laughs> so you've never had a conversation with anyone in your family no, regarding uh, sex in my family uh, i can say my sister mm-hmm. but my sister we are so close uh, we normally is she talk. older or yeah, younger than yeah she's older than mm-hmm. me i think is it six years yeah ah, okay yeah we talk about everything 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 Okay. So uh but 
uh, she used to give me like talks and she used to tell me wrap it before you tap it <laughs> and other times lick it before you stick it so okay. um uh we i talk I, I i talk i i talk with my sister but not my parents okay yeah so um from the poll that we did actually a lot almost i think 90 actually i think 98% i have to check on twitter i think 98% of the I think there were around 50-something people that voted said that they haven't ever had... Uh, wait, let me just get the number straight. So, actually, yeah. Have you ever had a conversational sex or contraceptives with your parents or guardians? So, 78% of the 49 people that voted said no, and 22% said yes. There's something that was so funny that I was talking to Kagiri about earlier in the day. And we're talking about how at home when you are watching either a soap opera or you are watching <laughs> or you're watching a movie and there's a sexual scene or a scene where people are making out or anything like how <laughs> how awkward it would be and you'd have to act like you're not watching or you'd have to change the station <laughs> oh wow mm. so i remember this time in high school so uh, my friends had recommended this series i know most of you all have watched it uh, it's called Shadow Hunters, and then <laughs> I'm there. I, I'm there at home, lying on the couch, uh, watching Shadow Hunters, and then my mom just gets into the room, and then uh, it was it, <laughs> it was during a sexual scene. In fact, they were having sex. So my first reaction was I I started I I pretended like to be sleeping. So. <laughs> Okay, if there's something I can say about myself is I'm a good actor. <laughs> so, like, I, <laughs> I started pretending I was asleep. And then my mom wakes me up and she's like, uh, what are you watching? So I was like, uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I saw my sister's hard drive over there and I just put a movie. Uh, it was so boring, it made me sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's my experience. What about you, Ali? Um, so, like, when I was growing up, because my parents used to watch all these shows like Grey's Anatomy, and Grey's Anatomy for a doctor's show, there's a lot of sex scenes in that show. So I had to, like, go to the kitchen. All of a sudden, I needed a cup of tea, or my phone was buzzing at that moment. Although when, I, when we were really small, like when I was 14, they sent me to bed, like straight <laughs> up, go to bed. I'd be like, but it's half past seven. And and like, it's no under 13. They're like, not in our house. You wait till you're 16 till you watch this. I'm like, okay. Then um, nowadays, like if I'll be watching a show, you know, sometimes weird sounds come from the show and sometimes it's not even sex scenes, but I live with my sister and her husband will be like, oh my gosh, Alison, don't you have the decency to watch your porn with earphones in? Just disturbing the whole house. It won't even be that, but they'll be joking like that there to say <laughs> this to me. So that's kind of like the lightheartedness we have now, but it's because they it's a joke, right? Not, yeah. not serious conversations. I want to address something that um, has been a common theme in that in a lot of African homes, sex is a taboo it's not even a conversation you have right and another like just to give it like context um another poll that we ran today and i'm not gonna ask my guests about this because i feel like um that's <laughs> personal but we ran another poll and said for those who are sexually active are your parents or guardians aware that you are and um 40 people voted this is just on 
this is just on Insta on on Twitter. So there's we did a similar vote and the results were almost similar on Instagram. So eighty five percent of the forty people that voted said no, and only fifteen percent said yes. Um, and I'm assuming our demographic is people who are over who are eighteen and older, right? And obviously, a lot of people are sexually active, but their parents are not aware that they are sexually active. So that means um, it's not a conversation they've had with your parents or it's not a conversation that has come up. But I think I want to address the fact that despite the fact that I've a lot of views or a lot of reasons why uh, sex is not talked about in an African home is because they do not want to promote it. But the unfortunate thing is the rates of how many young people, even younger than 18 years, are sexually active is very high. Like people who have not even gotten of legal age to be having sexual intercourse are having sex. So not talking about it, obviously, is not helping the situation. And earlier today, there's something that um, Kagiri mentioned. I shouldn't have had this conversation with him prior to the show because now this would have come from his mouth. But he said that the only form of um, the only time when people speak about sex and even when people get to watch porn and all that stuff the only thing that is described as sex per se is penetration right mm. and he said that a lot of young children are normally sexually harassed and they do not know they're sexually harassed because the only thing they know that counts as something sexual is kissing or penetration right oh. and now, therefore, they wouldn't know that they've been sexually assaulted or harassed. By They learn this when they're much, much older. And even that time, they can't talk to their parents about it because this is not a conversation that parents have in their, with their kids. It's not a conversation the household has. And therefore, even if it was something that could have been stopped if the kids had communicated earlier for them, they'd just be like, oh, maybe this is. Maybe this is normal. Nothing wrong. Is This isn't considered sexual. So, um, I don't know. Ali, what are your thoughts on that? No, I totally agree. I feel like there's not enough information surrounding sex as a whole, mm -hmm. as in all other aspects that lead up to the actual penetration. Therefore, people will be thinking of the first part and then the home run and nothing in between. And I think if we educate people on the steps that come in between, they'll be more aware of what goes on such that if an unfortunate incident like that happens to them, they'll be able to identify it and be like, okay, I've been sexually harassed and this is wrong and something needs to be done about it. So mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. I feel like sex as a whole topic needs to be talked about more just to educate people on the subject. Kagiri? Um, as I told you, Maggie, um, there's something else I was thinking about, uh, mm -hmm. and it's even like not even not only among children, but even among adults. Mm -hmm. Like you'll find so many uh, some okay, not 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 many of them, mm -hmm. but quite quite a big number of adults. They don't know these things. They they know nothing about sex, especially uh, those people who have been brought up in Christian Christian backgrounds. I was brought up in a Christian background. That's why I've never had a, a sex conversation with my mom. Because the only thing uh, you're told is abstain, abstain, abstain. And you don't get it from home. You get it from the church. You're told abstain, abstain, abstain. Yeah. And there's nothing like, I don't know, uh, co contraceptives. Even such things, they are taboo. Uh, 
uh, there's something I was thinking about today in the morning uh, as I was preparing for the show. Uh, it's about how even parents in African homes, mm-hmm. even like mentioning the sh- sexual organs, yeah. it's so weird. Like <laughs> gr- growing up, your mom can tell you like, uh, you know, this is a penis or something. They give them funny names. Yeah. Like we used to call, we used to call them kasusu. You know, yeah. such words, yeah. such funny names. Like no, they they can't mention the 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 actual name. So, uh, I think there's so much to be to be done mm. in African homes, mm-hmm. and sex. These sex talks they shouldn't be like a taboo or something you're not supposed to be talking about. It should be normal the way they talk about death, the way you yeah. talk about any tragedy, the way you talk about anything. I feel even sex sex talks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, it's interesting that you brought up the Christian perspective. And I think for me, I'd speak on it on that same level because I am a Christian. And I think that, in my opinion, I think that it's important to have this conversation. Even if you're promoting the message of, okay, um, abstain and don't have sex until marriage. I mean, we're not advocating for people to have sex before marriage. What we are saying is you can still be educated on what sex is, even if you're not going to have it. Like the knowledge of what sex is or what um, you could do to protect yourself, contraceptives, um, the illnesses associated with sex, how to practice safe sex. All these things are things that you can that you can be told about and still choose not to engage in sex. And I feel like even when we have enough information and knowledge about something, then you're able to make a conscious decision on what it is that you want to do. We should challenge um, our, our parents to have this conversation, even at this big age, honestly, like bring it up. I don't know, I haven't done that. <laughs> me chatting, advising people, telling people they should bring it up and me myself, I haven't even done it. But I feel like these days I'm learning to challenge things, like learning to question things. So we also asked another question. So we asked, how did you learn to properly use and dispose of a condom? This one was shocking. So we had four options from a parent or guardian. I don't know how to. The packaging material and Google. I think it was Google and other sources. Yeah. So 49% of the 37 people that voted said they learned it from Google. Um, 27% of the 37 people that voted said the packaging material and 24% said that they don't know how to. Which may come off as a surprise because you'd expect, okay, people use condoms, they know how to dispose <laughs> them off. And we have issues like, especially for us here that we have a lot of shared spaces. We talk about, hey, you didn't properly, people are not properly disposing of things. And we assume that over the years, people know how to do these things. It didn't surprise me, to be honest, because I feel like that's one of the aspects of sex that's really not spoken about. Like, mm-hmm. if there's any aspect, it's that. Like, usually people would learn when it happens, like when you need to use it. But before that, unless it was taught in school, like when we were in grade 7, scripture union, this is how you put the condom on. That's about it. That's all that you'd learn. It was mm-hmm. never a conversation I mean, if sex already isn't a conversation, yeah, true, the contraception isn't going to be a conversation be either. Conversation. That's true. Kagiri? Kagiri is quiet. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, actually, I think I'm, I'm surprised too. But um, 
this pause me i think i think like if you're curious enough you're supposed <laughs> like you know to look for for for, for content or yeah, like to search and you can ask maybe from friends or <laughs> you can google as most people do so uh disposing i think oh i'm surprised like you know how to use it and you don't know how to dispose it no but, but then the but thing then nobody and also the, the, the other thing i think i'm surprised because uh it's something like it should come naturally, naturally. yeah i think but what is the natural way honestly let's what what why are we expected to learn naturally <laughs> how to do some of these things right because yeah. there's a right way to do it yeah the, uh, i think the natural way is the right way <laughs> <laughs> and which way is that which way is that okay from <laughs> from, from a male side okay uh, from a, a male condom of course mm-hmm. after you use it you don't want your mm-hmm. thing to to flow all over so you have to like maybe trap it and then you don't want when you go and put it in the bin uh, someone else to come and touch it because that thing is really dirty so you wrap it maybe using a tissue and throw it away in the bin okay yeah so i feel <laughs> why are you looking at him like he's wrong <laughs> Um I don't know I feel like our our rights are different but but people have different ways I think that's one way others prefer you know I I think <laughs> putting it back to the rough <laughs> Uh okay I think we have clearly identified <laughs> that we <laughs> in studio do not know how to properly dispose of a condom I believe or I thought that you have to tie it at yeah. the top and then you have to wrap it and throw it out. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I guess we are sort of oh in the right direction. But yeah, I think um that's the one thing that I don't know, may I always thought that when men, I mean when boys uh became men or grow up to a certain age, then I don't know. I thought that your parents sit you down. I don't know why I always had this thought in my head. Your parents sit you down and and tell you about sex and give you condoms it doesn't well from my experience <laughs> <laughs> from from my own experience and and most people mm-hmm. when you talk with 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 your friends you're like uh do you guys have you ever talked ha- had had any conversation maybe with your with your mom or your dad about sex and they're like uh no i've never and so 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 i <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable to talk about <laughs> this right now. Okay, but it's because of where we've been brought up. But uh, people, people like you, you don't have these conversation conversations with your parents, and I feel like it is mostly influenced by the background. Uh, as I was okay. telling you before, like a Christian background, uh, yeah. all you know is abstain, 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 and you yeah. told. Uh, but you don't even know what it is you're actually abstaining, uh, abstaining from. That's from. true. Yeah, and you don't know like what you, uh, what you think is you know they've left these things to to biology to biology teachers yeah. and our peers to teach us these things. But even biology teachers don't really. Yeah, and, and sex in books it's defined as like in 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 in, in the syllabus it's defined as penetration only. Yeah. So everything else. You may think it's right or it's not sexual, but it is sexual actually. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, um, I think, guys, I want to hear your perspective. What has your experience been like um, from an African 
home in an African perspective. And I think we are speaking as children of parents who children who have grown up in African homes, right? We're speaking from that perspective. We're talking about how nobody in our homes um, ever talked to us about sex. And even by the time, if you're talking to your older siblings, then it's what they've learned from their peers, from the internet, from their own experiences. Uh, But if you're talking to them about it, then they're transferring knowledge that they also didn't get from their guardians or parents. So I want to hear if there are any parents who are tuned in. I want to hear why it is that it's so difficult for parents to have a conversation about sex with um, with their children. If we have anyone that's a parent or even anyone that's young but has 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 kids, what are they thinking about when their kids grow older? Are they going to have this conversation? Why they would have it, um, if they would have it, and if not, why not, right? Teaching people about sex doesn't mean that give them condoms, go have sex. No, it means educating them on what are the disadvantages of having sex at such an early age what are the effects what are the risks and all that so it's making them aware of why it's not okay for you to be having sex prematurely but also exposing teaching them enough for them to know when it is that okay now someone is taking advantage of you and you should bring this forward because again if we say okay we're not going to talk to kids about sex um at the age of 12 and whatnot what happens when kids are being um, assaulted or harassed in their homes by maybe the helps at home by their relatives what happens how will they know that this is not okay so there's a very thin line I think so I think even in terms of how and the information that we are delivering I think the same way that our parents have known to bring us up to understand what is right and what is wrong and how to go about life I think it's the same way they can try to employ that knowledge and you know educate their children by also but also ensuring that they are not pushing certain ideas to them for them to do it's like how you're told about drugs you know you're told what drugs will do to you and whatnot and therefore you know not to do drugs um or to drink and all that until okay don't do drugs ever but <laughs> yeah so it's the same thing. So the same way we have those conversations about drugs and all that, despite the fact that they have been normalized in some ways in society, are the same conversations that we should be having about sex in terms of understanding what sex is, what assault is, what consent is. Having those conversations would be a way to also educate people to to educate people so that they're not abusers or they're not and also understand what it is so that when they are victims of abuse then they can come forward and actually seek help and stop it if it's if it continues happening or you know find a way to resolve it so that's what i think but um kagiri you look like you have something very important to say (laughs) (laughs) no i uh okay for me i think i think we should candidly talk about sex explicitly because these kids, especially nowadays, uh, kids are, are they also watching like you know these mo- the movies like we used to watch in high school. Yeah. They have that that content is available to them right on now. The internet. Most yeah. of them they are using phones, so maybe they they watch porn, mm. and yeah. So I feel and you know with kids, kids are always curious. Like there is this thing I used to do in primary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> So I was curious about uh, what 
I'd, I'd love to get drunk. Like, I'd love to see, uh, I'd love to experience that. So, uh, we used to go, there was a pit <laughs> somewhere along from school to, uh, as we were going home, there was a pit where they used to throw away the, the, the alcohol bottles. Mm-hmm. And me and my friends would go there and the little, <laughs> the one remaining in each bottle, we would add <laughs> bottle and then drink it. You know, like we want to, we want to experience this. When these kids watch those videos, when these kids watch uh, those movies, and they watch that explicit content, they are they are always going to be curious. That curiosity is going to be sparked in them. They want to experience. So, like, we have to teach them what is the right way to do this. What is the right way? You know? mm, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's not like yeah. It's bring even that condom. <laughs> Yeah, and, and teach them. Sh- teach this child what are you supposed to do, and but when then you're done. Let me ask you, but that doesn't does that like what Ali was talking about? Like, mm-hmm. doesn't that mean that you're sort of encouraging them? Not, not, not really encouraging them. Uh, you said uh, this. You'll tell them uh, this is why I think you should not like have premarital sex, right? Yeah. Uh, give them and then tell them, but you know. <laughs> but you know when you add the but it means you're giving them an option. Yeah. Then <laughs> that means you're giving them an option. I think that's what we are lacking in African homes. Giving but you an give option. It, yeah, give them the option. Because obviously uh, okay, let me not say obviously, but majority of the kids they do they they, they, they have premarital sex. And not kids, okay, let me say even uh, even the uh, teenagers. Let me talk about teenagers. A lot of teens they're having sex. They have sex. And I I feel they need this information. Okay. Yeah. I think that's what I'm saying. So I think it's very, I don't know, I think it's a gray area when it comes to identifying if um, educating is promoting mm-hmm. uh, or encouraging um, them to have sex or if it's a way to also just prevent. Okay, I think for me, I'd lean on the... Um, I lean on the promoting, I mean, not promoting, but preventing side. Because I feel like a lot of people um, who end up having sex, even without protection, especially without protection, is because they are not aware of the fact that they should use protection. Or they have had myths about what condoms could do to you, and most of them are just myths. And therefore, they end up not using them. Or in other cases, they're not aware um, what could lead to them being pregnant, getting diseases, getting HIV, getting all those things. They're not aware of these things because someone didn't educate them. And whoever they were getting this information from was giving them the wrong information. So I think even if we run the risk of maybe encouraging kids by, okay, if you show them a condom, then probably they're going to want to use it tomorrow. But I feel like at least they'll be using it safely. At least they'll be practicing safe sex. So because even not talking about it, is not helping no. at the end of the day if they are gonna have sex then they are gonna have sex uh before marriage or at whatever age but if they have the information and you've delivered it well enough for them to know that okay this exists but it should only be practiced within these confines but this is all the information that you need about this this is how you protect yourself how you protect your partner so what are some of the effects um, some of the negative things that you think have come off from not talking about it. Ali, okay. the floor is yours now. Personally, um, I think that it leads to a lot of unwanted pregnancies. Like, 
in my experience, not me, obviously, but like in my family, we've had a lot of people who have had babies at the ages of 15 and 16 because when they were growing up, they were always told to abstain. And then when they got out into the wider world and got mixed up with crowds that, you know, didn't tell them properly what should be done, they went off the bandwagon. And now, years later, we have nieces and nephews running around everywhere. So I feel like that's one of the main ones. Another one is the spread of STDs. It's so scary how fast they can spread. And in today's culture, especially with the promotion of everything that's going on in the world, I feel like STD transmission is at an all-time high if you don't know how to properly use, especially condoms as um, contraception, because I believe that's the only form of contraception that can stop STDs from spreading, unlike the others that will just prevent pregnancy. So I think that's some of the negatives that I have personally seen happening in today's society. What about you, Kagiri? Yeah, I think Ali... (laughs) The, you, you talked about the main, the main, the main, but I think there are other minor issues like uh, kids being abused and they don't know like they are being abused, you know, uh, because these kids, they think sex is all about female penetration as we were talking with Maggie early in the day. So like this kid will be abused in other forms, but they won't under they won't know they won't know they'll be like uh it's okay uh, i know sexual abuse is is this if they they there's actual penetration uh another thing i think uh is uh, most people like uh, i was talking to uh, i was talking to to, uh, to a friend of mine was it last year it was it was last year and uh, they were telling me like uh, most of most of the decisions they've made about sex and about you know you know yeah but t- t- doing doing sex uh it's because they never had someone to consult or they never had someone to talk about you know uh you know tell them uh this is what happens this is what and they were telling me that like <laughs> the first time the first time they did sex it was to prove to themselves can i get a woman satisfied that, that that was the reason the reason they did like they want to gain that confidence in them they want like I'm to sure prove to themselves they can get a woman satisfied yeah so uh i think people would make better better decisions if if this thing was normalized in african homes and kids would be informed better yeah okay so um um I'm glad to hear what you guys have talked about because some those are some of those are some very important issues. But I also think that there's something that we don't address is that even when we do start um having sex in the confines of marriage, um, for those that believe in that, we don't even have it the right way. So the way we have the way we have been taught about sex is that one, it's a taboo before marriage. But how can you again transition that mentality in marriage and be like, okay, now it's a good thing. I remember when I was much younger, I think I got a UTI and I was so, so scared to tell my parents about it because I thought that they would think that I am sexually active and I didn't want them to think that because in my head I was just like, if anything is going on with you um, when your reproductive areas, then it has to have been, um, it has to have been, 
sex. Like everybody's just gonna think when I go to hospital, the doctors are just gonna think I have been having sex. I'm a bad person. Like I was so scared that I, I couldn't even tell them. I don't even remember how that UTI just disappeared. But then later on, I was just like, I could have had another infection caused by something else, and then it could have even like become worse. Just because I felt that I couldn't tell or communicate this to my parents because they would think that I am sexually active. And even when like kids are sexually active and they get sick or something happens to them, then because they've never had the conversation about sex, then they don't even know who to turn to if something went wrong with them. Because a lot of times, even if you're having sex with your peers, then they're not in a position to support you if something was to go wrong, if you were to fall sick or if something was to happen, they wouldn't know how to support you. Your parents are still the ones who you go to hospital with. They have your medical insurances under them. So if you go to hospital and the insurance is charged, they're going to know why you went to hospital. So I think those are some of the negative effects. And even now when it comes to your sexual wellness and health-wise, a lot of things could happen because you don't have the right information. And even the places where you're getting information from, a lot of people believe that, okay, the internet is the best place to get information. But the thing about the internet is you have it has all information, good and bad. So the only way for you to get the right kind of information is if, um, is if, you, it's if you're getting it from the right people. Um, I think personally, I, I agree with most of your sentiments, well, actually all of your sentiments, because... When you don't talk about sex, then when you do eventually have it, like, I'm just going to save you, uh, re- listener, distri- discretion, don't have it at a young age, guys. When when you feel like you're old enough to make that decision to have it, when you do eventually have it, like, I hope that everyone gets that adequate knowledge because when you go into sexual interactions with not knowing anything, like you said, people don't see it as a partnership. It's more of a give mm-hmm, and, yeah. well, actually more of a take. And guys think that they're entitled to it. And then that puts, speaking from a girl's perspective, that would put pressure on a girl because she'll feel always like she has to give it to him. And when she's not giving it to him, then it's a problem, which it shouldn't be. And even if she's not enjoying, she should just keep on going. And that shouldn't be how it how it is it should be a mutual satisfaction mutual agreement at all times i think that's that's one of the sentiments i i feel needs to be said out loud because a lot of girls have this misconception that sex is mainly for guys and it's only for guys and even if she's not enjoying it's okay as long as he's enjoying that's not how it works what do you think kagiri yeah i agree with you ali and I feel like you guys have exhausted everything. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't know what to say anymore. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think could have been done better in your homes? Okay, um, first of all, I, I wish there wasn't so much fear surrounded by the topic because they instilled a lot of fear such that if, if ever it had to happen, now you're going in with the mindset of fear and then usually things go wrong at that point. I feel like... Taking me back to maybe when I was 16, that's probably when is a good time for it to be introduced in the sense that you should start talking about proper protection and how to use a condom, like going in depth. Because you learn about this in school from grade six, which is when you're like 11. So you have the basic outline of it. But I feel like once you start getting to 16 and stuff, they need to be like, yo, this is this is how it works. Like I said, I was told 
A condom is 50 cents, plan B is $5, and a baby is $50,000 plus. For the rest of your life, choose which option you want, right? Mm -hmm. But that's basically all that I was told. And um, I feel like if we had gone into more depth, especially about the negative repercussions, because when you go onto the internet and when you go and you ask your friends, all you're going to be taught about is what you can gain from it, the the benefits and you know how everyone talks like in that sexual talk, but no one talks about the repercussions. What happens if you accidentally fall pregnant? What happens when you don't pee afterwards because you could get a, an infection? All of those negative aspects need to be brought in so that you have a wholesome view of, of sex as a whole. So if I had to go back, I wouldn't be so harsh on me. Like if I were my parents, I wouldn't be so harsh on me and instill that fear because I feel like when when you instill that fear, you instill a barrier that will be there for life. Like you can be as old as you want and you will never go to them and talk to them about that. But I feel like you need to be open to a certain extent with your parents enough to be able to to talk about this so that in the event that some emergency happens, like you need to be rushed to the hospital and you know that it's involving that, that you know they're not going to kill you. You can be like, okay, please, can you take me to the hospital? Not suffering in silence, half dying because you're, you're scared. That's yeah. Kagiri, mm. ideal setup. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, um, I think uh, if I were to go back, uh, the thing I would change is... Uh, setting that comfortable space whereby we can have, like, I can ask any question, anything I'm curious about, I can just go straight to my parents and ask them, ask them, uh, I have this issue, uh, what happens, like, do you understand? So, the thing is, uh, <laughs> now, you know, with that, like, with that, being brought up, knowing that you can't say some words at home, like penis or vagina. You can't say such words. You're supposed to say kasusu. Like, even if I'm curious about knowing maybe, let's say something like condom or sex, how is it done? I can't come and ask, you yeah. know, because there's that, there's that, I don't know, there's that, there's that. The, Are you <laughs> I'm just picturing how he's going to ask this question using those funny names. You yeah, yeah, imagine. And, and you can't even ask them because, you know, by them, uh, you know, giving the the sexual organs funny names. It's like uh, they're making you feel like it's a taboo, or it's it's I don't know. You know, even even having sex. Maggie, you remember I was telling you like they describe having sex as tabia mbaya. Yeah, so, bad manners. But, uh, yeah, if you translate it into English, it's, it's bad, bad manners. manners. So like they can't tell you you're having sex. You told uh, you hmm? now is it having bad manners or is it doing bad manners? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're doing bad manners. Yeah. So I feel uh, if they could create that comfortable space that I can come and ask anything. Because if I go and ask my friends, of, of course they are going to give me misconceptions. That's what true. they know, like what they've learned maybe, I don't know from where. But it won't be the actual thing. The actual thing. Or they'll, they'll, they'll tell me something, maybe they can tell you how to do sex but they, they won't tell you how to uh, how to have sex but they won't tell you how to have safe sex okay yeah, that's true yeah and Ali, you were talking about how um you were talking about the your your bridal showers and i was so surprised i want everyone to hear about this really i thought i thought this was like a popular thing but no. basically in our in our culture sex is taboo until 
you getting married or you're about to have a baby, even if you're not married, which is the weird thing. It's like all of a sudden now in one day, you're going to learn everything that you need to know. So like um, what usually happens is the the woman that's going to be married or is having a baby has um, this is usually for the baby shower because, you know, she's been through <laughs> the processes already to get this. So they put a cucumber and two oranges to represent the male reproductive parts on her and like they'll they'll tie tampons with tomato sauce on her ears they do weird things and yeah and they make her walk around in a diaper it's really weird i know you guys are looking at me like this but it's actually happens and they pour flour and eggs on you and stuff and then they will tell you for the bridal shower they will tell you what should be done like all the aunties now start giving tips on what you should do in the bedroom and how to, you know, now this is where I don't agree because they'll be like how to keep your man satisfied in the bedroom. But no one talks about the girl, you see. So um, I was fortunate but unfortunate to attend quite a few of these. So I know them firsthand and it's it's a culture shock, basically. Within your own culture, it's a culture shock to see like how open they become once you've crossed that barrier. And I feel like, okay, maybe not to that extreme, but you should bring some of that openness before. Not mm. with the whole... that There, they just sexualize everything. But, like, the education, not the... <laughs> the education, not the enabling should be brought forward, I think, before you get to that stage. Because I feel like by then it's a bit late. I mean, she's already pregnant. She's already getting married. Like, yeah. wh- why are you waiting till that moment for it? But, yeah, it's, it's hectic. One day, I'll videotape when I go back home. I'll show you guys what I mean and I'll send what? it to you. <laughs> Wait, so do you actually, like, you have to walk around in front of other people? Oh, yeah, outside, in front of everybody. And worse, if the guy's there, I'll oh, shame. Because <laughs> guys are not supposed to be there. So if he's there, he will definitely be punished. Huh? Uh-huh. And Wait, yeah. I'm not understanding why. Because he's the one, like... Like for baby showers especially, he's the one that made her pregnant. So <laughs> he must be he must be punished. Like that's the way they see it. It's all fun and games. Like, let me give an example. For my um cousin's baby shower. Now first this is the cousin that had the baby very young. But they still, you know, once they got over the whole shock, she's a, having a baby, they were like, Okay, let's celebrate. And it was because she couldn't drink, obviously because she was pregnant, they made her sister drink. In a baby bottle, they put together all the alcohol that they had. And for every... Um, so when you're unwrapping the gifts, you have to guess what you got. And if you guess wrong, she has to drink. But before that, she was in a diaper and a bra. And they wrote on her tummy. And they covered her in flour. And they put condoms up as balloons with milk in them. Like, <laughs> for the decor. <laughs> I swear it was explicit. These, these events are so explicit very for my sister's bridal shower um all the aunties gave sexual advice to her like what she should do what she shouldn't do again she was covered in flour they played bra pong um and then they were like right we're going to show you how to whine on a man but using a chair and a bottle i will never forget what i saw that night (laughs) so when it gets to a so now what how old were you when this was happening so when my cousin was pregnant, she had a baby when she was 18. Like, she gave birth when she was 18. So I was about 15, 16 
at the time she had her baby shower. And for my sister, um, I was... My sister's been married for like four years now. So I was about 17 when she had her bridal shower. Yeah, I was because I couldn't go out. I remember they they were so sad that I couldn't go out. But legally, I was not allowed in the club. Therefore, I was not going to be in the club. Okay, so it's okay for you to... So it's okay for young girls to attend this? I feel like in certain cases, it is. Like, it's so weird. Like I said, the dynamic, it's it turns when they want to. So usually if it's a close family member and we're that young, we'll be there because we live with them or it's being held at our house. But to say that like it's some distant cousin or aunt and they're like, no, you won't go because what are you going to go do there? You know, it's not for you. But close relatives by association, we'd just be there. It's like wedding receptions. If we were part of the bridal party or if we were a close family member, we'll be at the reception because usually receptions are not for children in Zimbabwe either Why? at least not <laughs> at least not in our culture because again there when they now you know that it's mainly the drinking and stuff that they say because all the adults are drinking they're partying they're having fun so who's going to look after the kids you know but then also we see some of the things that happen the taking off of the of the garter and all of that mm, it's not for kids it's not for kids <laughs> This is so shocking. I don't I think does anything like this happen in Kenya. Ah, Kenya, no. no I don't. <laughs> not I don't, at all. Unless maybe it's something <laughs> that I, I don't know. Does anything like that happen? Because I don't think anything of the sort. I don't know what happens in Rorashas. I don't know. Just drinking. Yeah, honestly. drinking and you know eating. People listening to music. Yeah, I don't think we've ever had this extremes. Mm. You'd enjoy it. Like, you'd be shocked, but you'd it's it's fun to watch. So it's like the information that is being given, is it like legit information or is it just also some It's usually it? based on their own, own experiences. experiences. But mm-hmm. then again, like I said, because these, it's a generational problem, I feel. So I feel like a lot of the information given, although it is scientifically accurate, it leans towards... Uh, it has misogynistic undertones because yeah. a lot of it is based off of you need you need to go into this marriage, you need to go into this partnership, going to satisfy your husband in all aspects. So even when they're talking about non-sexual stuff, it will always be you're going there for your husband, right? You're there to serve your husband. Therefore, all the advice, most of the advice there was given, geared towards pleasure, for the man, and I mean, even in the bride, uh, the baby showers, it would it was kind of like, oh well, it's your baby, he, you know, he can walk away if he wants to, but it's your baby, kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So that's the one thing I would change. I, I feel like I- in that sense, the information was a bit biased, and therefore it's it's harmful because it's biased. And do they mm. have the same things for men? Like to that extreme, no. Guys will just go out and drink and. Like for their, um, what do you guys call your your version of a bridal shower? I keep on forgetting. Oh, bachelor, a bachelor. They'll just go out and get super wasted and maybe go to a strip club. Usually go to a strip club. Yeah. Um, sometimes they have the courage to come to the to the girls' party because sometimes they're held on the same night. But usually, when you do, you get severely punished. So they try to what steer form clear of punishment. So baby showers, the guy will have to take all the punishments the girl 
has. So he'd also usually be dressed up mm-hmm. in the in the gear and have his tummy written on as well, and he'd have to like drink the that horrible bottle of alcohol. And for the um, for the for the bridal shower, sometimes he has to be the mannequin on which things will be demonstrated. It's <laughs> like in extreme <laughs> cases, yes. What? <laughs> No, I want to go to the <laughs> and bachelor parties. What? Yeah, it's ex- it's oh. an extreme sport. <laughs> I think it's important to also note like the stereotypes of how, even if like when sex at whatever point that sex is being taught, it's being taught from a misogynistic angle, which is also a bit problematic in the view of how men now view women afterwards uh, i mean later on in life how men treat women um and someone from the audience was asking so i was asking but when is the best time to talk to our children about sex so what do you guys think personally i think uh you know since they are since since when they are a kid like not 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 talking about sex Age. No, no no not talking about sex uh-huh. but you know, uh, refraining from these things. The way you were saying about, I don't know, calling sexual, giving sexual uh, sexual organs funny names. Now, like, if it's a mother, the way I was giving the example, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, let's say, uh, y- y- maybe the baby's taking a shower and you tell her, uh, these are parts of your body. Today we are going to learn about parts of your body. These are your hands, these are your eyes, these are your ears. This is a, This is called a vagina. So I feel like you need to introduce it in such a way that it's natural. It's a part of your body. And no, it shouldn't be touched. If anyone does touch it, you need to be like, mom, this happened to me, dad, this happened to me. So that it's something that you can address. But I feel like the amount of content that is given, it should increase as your age increases. So by the time you're 12 or 13, that's when you should actually be learning about sex, what it is, its negative impacts. And then by the time, I feel like by 16, if... If your parents are not teaching you about contraception by 16, then that's a bit of an issue because we're living in a world where the age that people are starting to have sex is getting younger and younger. And as much as we'd like to change that, it's a part of our world. So I feel like by then you should know what and what not to do. And then as you get older, as you go, you just have that open relationship. Especially, I wouldn't say I would go to my parents for everything but i'd like to have a relationship like that with my siblings i should have the basis with my parents and then explore with my siblings which i i don't okay so um guys from our audience are saying i think it's hard to put an age on it i feel that it depends on your child and when they start being conscious of sexual desire then keeping the conversation going as they grow older and sex becomes more complex or they start engaging in it so that's what asa says but I can bet that the people tuning in and also the people with me here in studio, how many are we? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have seven people in studio today. And the people that are tuning in, I'm not sure of the number, but the guys that are tuning in, I know we're not going to have this conversation with our parents still. And for me, that's a problem. Because it's not okay to just talk about it theoretically when we're talking about it in our, like, in studio and for the show and when we're listening to this episode I think it's important for us to also talk about it to start now. You see how we forced Kagiri to actually mention what a vagina is and to talk about sexual parts. And when we're talking even about sexual wellness, I think it's important for us to break the stigma against sex, starting with ourselves. 
So if you're here in the studio, my challenge to you is today, at least this week, try to have a conversation with your parents about sex. Ask them something, even if it's one thing. If it's their opinion on contraceptives, if it's what they think um, about just that's my challenge. And I'm going to be checking in. If you tuned in, I'm <laughs> going to be checking in on you guys. So <laughs> you people that were throwing in comments, if I catch you in the course of the week, I'm going to be asking, have you that's had a hefty challenge? Have hey? you had a conversation? Just one. And tell me how it goes. Okay. Yeah, so that's a challenge to everyone in studio, everyone <laughs> tuning in. Um, it's been an amazing show. I'm just going to allow Kagiri and Ali to give their final thoughts or final words of wisdom, whatever it is they want to say. Oh, uh, I want to shout out TK. <laughs> <laughs> TK is in studio with us. Uh, he's doing a really he's doing really nice job. Thank you, TK. Uh, also, I want to shout out my sister. Oh, my goodness. I can't forget. And, and I know I know she's tuning in. Oh. Yeah. And What's her name? Ah, Lois. Oh, hi, Lois. <laughs> hi, Lois. <laughs> I miss you. Like, uh, she's, uh, I can say, <laughs> let me say, uh, about 20% <laughs> of what I know about sex. Mm. She's the one who's been talking. Uh, she was talking, you know, about it to me. And she was like, you know. And I, I told you, like, when you were starting, the way she used to tell me. Uh, yeah. Like, with the use of protection and everything. So, yeah, I can say. That's a good thing. Yeah. So uh, my final words, uh, let me say, information is power. So uh, if we were to make, if we are to make, or if we are to, if we are to change uh, the generation, if we, or if you are to change, like you know, the situation for our kids, we have like to get out of our comfort zones and start talking about this thing now. And thank you, Maggie, for that challenge. And you know, I'll tr I'll give it a shot this week. <laughs> When I call my parents and I'll be like, ah, today I want us to talk about sex. Yeah. And then I'll tell you what I'll just Okay. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Eileen? Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, I've, I'd like to say thank you to Nabila and Juliet who are in the studio with me to support and to all my people here in Mauritius and back home that have tuned in to listen if they're still listening up until this point. Thank you, guys. You guys are good friends. Um, my main takeaway, well, my main advice that I would like to give is that I feel like you should teach about sex at a young age to educate and then teach about it at a mature age to enable. Don't get the two confused. So be careful with how you're spreading the knowledge because, yes, knowledge is power. And um, also, please, for the girls, do not take advice from Pun. Just saying that's the topic for another day but i feel like that needed to be thrown in there because there are a lot of misconceptions that are taught from that aspect and yeah guys if you are engaging in sexual activities please be safe and especially here in uni where all most of us are like grown adults so it is a safe space to talk about it i feel like in uni we need to talk about it more from a destigmatized perspective mm -hmm. that's what i got to say and wise words from kagiri and ali thank you so much so we'll catch you again same time same place next week goodbye